Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Valazan read-through podcast. My name is Josh Baker, and I've not read the books. And I'm also joined by other people who haven't read the books, and a third person. With me today, as always, is not my friend and closest confidant, but a good friend nonetheless, India Jones. Good morning, Josh. You're also a good friend. Oh, shucks. We also have with us our producer, AJ. I'm not going to ask you about bars and levels. You're more than that. You're a person. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I've never felt so human. I hope you feel seen. And, of course, the long-lost but not forgotten fifth Sangar brother returned now to save Roulette from the crippled god. It's Peter Bond. Hey, how you doing today? My name's... (laughs) Tim Sangar. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, I, I went to boarding school. I came back. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I do hacky sacking and mood rings. That's my thing. <laughs> so um, That's pretty good. That's can anyone really here actually, can you guys hacky sack? I know I cannot. I definitely can't. No, absolutely I can't. Not. Okay, good. I'm glad we're all on the same page. If you can, can hacky sack, good for you. I, uh... <laughs> I did listen to two hours of Coldplay today. Is that worth anything? <laughs> um, why? Equivalent, for sure, the equivalent. Hey, Coldplay's good. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was like, yeah. I, I, I saw they made a song with BTS, and I was like, you know, I don't know if I really know any music that they did. And then I just kind of started, and it just kept going, you know. You don't know any music that Coldplay did? Yeah, what the I fuck? Di- I, didn't, I did know once I got into the two hours of Coldplay. I was like, okay. But. Interesting. Okay. The BTS song is pretty good, though. Yeah, it's it's not the worst. I have not heard it. I had a real big Coldplay phase in high school when the whatever album that had Paradise came out. I was fucking obsessed with that album. My Lozito. Mm. Yes. Oh, I didn't know. Very I didn't good. know I was amongst Coldplay super fans here. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love Coldplay. I truly, truly love Coldplay. You got a fan in me. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Well, today, folks, we are discussing chapters 7, 8, and 9 of Reaper's Gale from uh, the series The Malazan Book of the Fallen. If you didn't understand that that was what we were doing, I don't know why you're here. Uh, but well, but regardless, welcome. Do you guys know what they say about the dead? No. They're like onions. They have layers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dead? What was the line? Wasn't that a line in this? It's the name of book two. <laughs> Oh, the dead of layers, yeah. The layers oh of the dead. No, yeah, I think Here, I got it. I wish I got that because that's an incredible joke. Thank you. Book two is actually just called yeah. Shrek. Guys, 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 guys. Do you think yeah. Steve has watched Shrek? Steve, a hundred percent likes Shrek. Ah, uh, that's one right, well, guy now, I know. Now, he likes Steve. Shrek. You'd say likes. That's a bold statement. I wonder if he's seen the whole gamut. You know, did he make it all the no. way to Shrek Forever After? He didn't. Um, Steve doesn't have time for that. Isn't Shrek the ultimate postmodern fantasy hero? You know, when yes, you think about he's it. Wow, he's incredible. Yeah. You know, I think Shrek would be at home in the Malazan universe, I feel. <laughs> he's basically Carson Orlong. He's basically in the very, yeah, in the first, he's, he, His morality is so great in the first one. He is like, he does not give a shit about other people. He just wants what's good for him. Yeah, he would be perfect for this. Put Shrek yeah, and his girl Pust on a road trip. Think about the two of them hanging out. They meet Krupp. They go to. They go into the God, Jago Dan. Krupp, Krupp and is Donkey hand in hand. Is absolutely Donkey. Oh yeah, my God! I'd kill the mule, baby. Wow, that was good. <laughs> what a strong yeah, intro. Phenomenal. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. 
Oh my God, wait, just very quickly because Iskaro Pust is Donkey and Magara is the dragon. Oh my God. There you go. You're there so you go. right. Is this so a parallel right. that we never knew of? Let's, I'm sorry, <laughs> let's, let's kick it off. I need to see the timeline of when Shrek came out and when Steve wrote uh, <laughs> Dead House Gates. <laughs> <laughs> I will just say, I know what, like, you know, Eddie Murphy fan casting for Iskaro Pust doesn't sound bad. Sounds like a fun time. <laughs> you know? Agree. Yeah. All right, let's get enough Shrek right. talk. Dead House Gates came out September 1st, 2001. <laughs> uh, oh. Or 2000. 2000. Shrek oh. came out 2001. Ah. Damn it. We, so close. So really, right, Shrek, Shrek ripped off. <laughs> Shrek ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> right? Shrek is just Malazan for kids. All right, let's get into it. Here's Chapter 7. Chapter 7. Atri Preda Yantovis, called Twilight, returns to Letha with the Eater Fleets. She speaks to the Tarlac Vid about his champion and the fate of a god's chosen one. The lack of Eater in the greeting delegation is not missed by the returning fleet or the onlooking errant. Turtle Brizad recognizes something about Twilight, but his thoughts are interrupted as a carrion steps onto leather soil, and its foundations shake. Akarian remembers he has set foot here before. Karsa and Samar Dev discuss their next steps. They speak of bound spirits and resident gods. An average human guard tries to boss Carcer around stupidly and gets uppercutted into next week. The earthquake is felt by Bug, who understands its message. He reflects on past time spent with Acarium and his relationship with Kral. Bug visits Rautos Hivenar and explains entirely too much of the history of the unearthed artifacts. He tells Hivenar that the machine at the end isn't missing any parts. What it lacks is an energy that has yet to arrive. Bug absolutely murders two patriotists on his otherwise somber walk home. Featherwitch exits her ship with newfound knowledge from her time on the fleet. She hides in the crypts beneath the old palace and plots the downfall of Lether. She's found by Han and Mosag, and they agree to work together. The Warlock King reveals truths about the Sengar family and shares his plan for Rulad's demise. Both of them think they are getting the better of the other one, and will for sure try to backstab each other later. Triven Noel continues to spin his web around the Emperor. Rulad learns of the death of his brother, but believes his father blames him for it. Noel reveals the Patriot's claims of treason against the Eater, but Rulad is unsure. Nassal is unable to convince Rulad to turn to his fellow Eater for help. Tomat is wildly unhelpful to Bruth and Trana, the only Eater making any sense right now. Karos and Vikdad can't figure out the bug puzzle. Also, the Tor reread spoiled that Tehul sent it, 
parentheses, unless we knew that or should have gathered it from context clues and parentheses. He orders Tanoliathvenar to kill Janeth and dump her body. And reveals that he is close to arresting Nissal, who can be her replacement. They're both walking bags of shit. Tanol continues to be a super creep, impotently tries to confess his love for Janeth, and ends up putting her into an even deeper, more remote prison. Bug immediately finds her and rescues her. Ublala Pung is a national treasure and deserves more scenes. That is all. Josh, I just want to say, I actually am pretty sure you're just fully wrong, and we actually have a scene where Tehol tells him and makes the puzzle in front of it. I don't think that was spoiled for you. I don't think I put it together. Um, Unless because, I'm uh, totally and, wrong. Well, and so all I could, when I read that, I was like, oh, shit, Tehol and Bug definitely had a two-headed bug. You know what I mean? But I don't think yeah. I put two and two together that he made the puzzle. It just, I, I just kind of thought it was a coincidence. All right, I, okay, you can take us into it. I just had to jump into No, no, you're good, you're good. All right, so this chapter, this book begins with uh, the return of the Eater fleet to Lether. Uh, what was it like seeing these characters come back into uh, the fold, into this uh, new Lethary world, do you think, AJ? I mean... I don't know. It was <laughs> fine. The, the 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 biggest thing I got out of this section was obviously the Icarium stuff. I think everything else was kind of overshadowed by that, if I'm being honest. Mm hmm. Fair. But I do just want to say that um, Terralac Veed has this great quote about gods. Terralac Veed spits fire in these chapters, truthfully. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, guys, but Terralac Veed's good <laughs> in these chapters. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty upsetting. Which I guess kind of goes with what we've what we've been saying, right? Like, we only like him as a character in a book and not as, like, a person. <laughs> yeah, uh, And I think true. that really holds up uh, uh, in this section. But the quote from Terralac about gods, I speak of when a god's chosen one fails, and they always do, Twilight. We are never enough in their eyes, never faithful enough, never fearful enough, never abject enough. Sooner or later, we betray them, even weakness or an overwrought ambition. Which I just thought was a good quote. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sick. Yeah, especially in the context of, of this, where we know that the crippled god's uh, faith in his followers is like waning or just like kind of wibbly. I just thought that was interesting. The cri the crippled's God's faith in his followers. I don't know. Yeah. Their, their relationship is kind of weird between uh, what we haven't seen the crippled God in a hot minute, though, I guess. We saw him in the in the last um, section, didn't we? And he was like, hey, my followers saw him literally kinda... in chapter six or something. Yeah, it's like my followers have fucked me up so bad and I hate it. But I guess this is me now. Oh, yeah, um, you're right. You're right. No, I mean, I get what you're getting at, AJ. It's like the, he's showing up and is like, hey, this leather place sucks. Let's fucking destroy it is essentially is like kind of what he's saying. Yeah, the the way Terra Tara Feet immediately gets a bead. <laughs> on what Leather's about and it's like, ooh, this fucking sucks. And somehow he didn't have the foresight to realize unleashing a nuclear bomb of a human or a nuclear bomb of a being on a place is a bad idea. Like, 
come on, man. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I mean, we, we saw in the last book, right, that like he thought that he was getting, you know, a ballistic missile and he did not expect that it was going to be actually a world ending nuke. Yeah, I, I it guess. Is, I yeah. guess. Yeah. How about uh, India? What did you make of Karsa and Samar's discussion? Phenomenal. Karsa just really is a funny, funny guy. Um, <laughs> and him and Samar's conversation, I felt, I don't know, I think like when he was talking about the gods and the souls of the people and how he like carries them with him. I don't know. I felt like they have a very contentious relationship. And I liked it. Thought it was mm-hmm. good. They're pretty great. It's pretty much it. I, I personally, I feel like when when Carson steps onto land and just punches a dude, it actually started something for me that is really then seen really well with uh, Bruthen Trana later. Do you all feel like in Lether you could just be like no, and there they would just be so caught off guard with you just refusing that <laughs> I just I feel like that's like that like I feel like Carson's gonna do very well here because like their whole shit is built around like oh. You did a bad. You're indebted now. And people going, oh, no, I'm indebted. Like, you could, like, I think people just got to say no more. And I feel like yeah. Carson's going to be really, really good at that in this. I mean, I, I guess I, th- I think that's a bit easier said than done sometimes with some of this stuff. Well, but... it helps when you're nine foot tall right. <laughs> and your whole face is tattooed. Correct. Right. Carson yeah. really puts his. If, if a nine foot tall face tattooed man opened my door and said, I live here now, I'd be like, yeah, you do. Yeah. I... <laughs> hey, Rumi. Welcome home, honey. <laughs> <laughs> no for real though but you know he also he makes it very clear like don't fuck with me and then they do and then mm-hmm. he has to he has to bring down the hammer on those asses yeah i want to ask you guys a question it. now that the, the the two of them have arrived when it comes to dueling roulade do you think hmm. neither of them will one of them will both of them will what, what do you think oh i well they can't both unless one of them starts the fight. Like, I could easily see Akarian beginning the fight and then Garza being like, oh, fuck, I want to get in on this. And then just like Wait. jumping into the arena, you know, and then it becomes a three way. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I But I, was, I wasn't thinking about it becoming like a three way fight. I'm thinking of it like Ikarium and uh, Rulad are fighting and Garza's like, man, I want to fight this dude. And then just like slices Rulad in half and is like, OK, now you fight me. <laughs> and then Gosh, he's fighting Ikarium now. So- so good. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that whatever the conflict battle with Roulette is, it's just like done in a second. And then we move on to a different one immediately after. Like, I think <laughs> I think there's going to be a Roulette fight that just bleeds into a Karsa Icarium or like Icarium all of a sudden is, you know, knocking buildings yeah. down or whatever. Or like Bug shows now, up. And- now, refresh my memory. Have we seen we've seen Roulette die a bunch of times. We saw mm. his head get cut off, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I for, I forget where I think we, in his Iron head Bar gets was, crushed by Iron. Yeah, he yeah, gets, his yeah, head yeah. gets crushed. Yeah. So and so presumably, like when he dies, parts of him would just like form back together, right? Yeah. Maybe you you, maybe just, we like, were speculating about what would happen if you cut his head off. That's what yes. I'm saying. Like I'm very curious. Like if Carsa and Akarium just slice this dude into four parts, and then they each take two of them, is that a game over? Put him on boat, see ya. I don't know. Part of me feels like whatever part has the sword will just grow a new roulette. <laughs> I don't know. God, that's an upsetting thought. Yeah. You know what? You know what, though? Could you remove the sword from his hand? Is that the key? Do you need to, like, cut the sword out of his hand somehow? And then, you know, then you've just got a, a sad king. 
Emperor. Part of me feel, it, part of me feels like his fingers are like crazy glued to it, like gorilla glued. So like even if you cut off his I mean, fingers, you'd have they're to, still just stuck to the hilt. You'd have to pry it off for sure. All the all this goes to say the fact that we can't figure out how the he would let go of the sword makes me think that he's not going to without some sort of like gimmick of like he gives up and lets go but of his own free will. Yeah. Really quick before we we move to the next section. There there was a tiny scene with the Aaron uh where he watches mm-hmm. uh Yantovis step off the boat. Twilight. Twilight. Yeah. Also Twilight. yes, hello Twilight. Welcome back. I'm sorry that I besmirched your name in in book 5. Um You son of a bitch. You wish for a <laughs> moment you had an ounce of what Twilight has. <laughs> I don't understand the Twilight hype. The books were okay. The movies were definitely not great. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, so 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 the errant the errant watches everybody come off the boat and sees Twilight come off and it's like, oh, I can't see her future. This blows. I guess I'm losing my power, which I thought was just like a really not really interesting, but it was just like, I don't know. This view from the errant's POV is pretty neat, I, I think. So I don't know. I just liked that. He's bit. interesting. He's an interesting character to sometimes slip into the perspective of. Right, and they're always very short sections. Right, and we got to see it a few times. And basically, like all he's working with right now is like I mean, we'll talk about it later. But we learn in these chapters like he is literally not as powerful as he used to be because he chose to sort of be more involved in the mortal world, and right. now even that is getting less powerful. So it's very interesting to watch a god slip from like you know basically slip into you know, mortal hood or whatever. Yeah. So we leave the ships and we go over to Bug, who feels this earthquake, which, by the way, the number of people who, when the earthquake happens, are like, ha, earthquakes, crazy, right? And Karst is like, do they have, or someone, Tear Like Veed's like, do they happen here? And Twilight's like, yeah, no, but they could, <laughs> and I'm sure it's a coincidence. <laughs> I'm like, how do you think anything's a coincidence with a carrier? Like, at this point, come on. <laughs> So we we head over to Bug, who feels the earthquake. And we also, we get some real juicy Bug POV right now. Mm. India, how did you like, how did you like seeing things from Bug's perspective for for a bit, especially as he's in his feelings? Bug is phenomenal. Bug is so fascinating because he does, no one, I guess, knows that this man is a whole ass God. And (laughs) no, yeah. And it's just like funny when he has these very mundane conversations with people who like think that they can intimidate him in some way. And then is this the scene when they were like, we're going to drown you? And he was like, you're going to drown me. (laughs) Amazing. And then just like makes them fucking disappear. And it's like, I hope no one saw that. (laughs) (laughs) Although then he goes, well, people definitely did, but no one's saying shit. What a legend. I love Bug and I love anything that has to do with him. And you know what, though? He's so right. Like, you only want to bully people when they're smaller than you. And you know what? You need to mess with someone your own size or bigger. And I'm going to send you there. (laughs) It's just a a classic little break in the story that I love and I need. You know, we moved past um, the uh, bug and scene where they talk for a bit. Um, (laughs) Machines, machines, machines. Talking about the gears. Machines. Yeah, and I think this is also where, I mean, like, it really sounds like electricity. He's like, we just need an energy that's not here yet. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else that could be besides, like, you know, if maybe a carrium is the energy, maybe he is kinetic energy, the that's person or some bullshit. That's what I thought. So, but that'll be interesting to see what comes of that. I did. I love that he was, Bug was so distracted that he just, like, fully gave this whole spiel about these two aerosol and, like, the whole ancient history of Lether. And, like, you know, 
you think that Huervos Hivenar, what's his name? I've already lost Rautos. Rautos Hivenar. Rautos Hivenar. Um, Hivenar, whatever the fuck his name is. You think Huevos he would Rancheros. be like... <laughs> I had H and R. You'd think that after, like, if, if someone I knew started saying some shit about people from, like, 1860 and just gave me the whole life story, I would be like, you a ghost? You gotta tell me. <laughs> Legally, you, you have scared? to tell me if you're a ghost. How do you know this stuff? And he just was fully like... They're a ghost or, like, a retired dude. These are the two choices. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Yeah, has a really specific hobby. Yeah, I got really into reading the history of his apartment building. Uh, yeah, so that's... I mean, that's that. We we, we get back to our everyone's favorite Pete Featherwitch. How was that reunion for you? You know, when we met Featherwitch in book five, I try and keep things a lid on it. Usually, my opinions, just to keep you guys in the dark. Featherwitch is definitely one of the characters I like the least in the series. Yeah, <laughs> she sucks. Like, there's lots of people who it's like, the you know, you're trying to cut a break to. It's kind of one of the points. But, like, man, she sucks in a lot of ways. But I do like this scene, and I like when she's talking about how uh, the... I really like when they dive into Lether being this former First Empire colony, and they talk about the history of that. Mm -hmm. And I like how they talk about the First Empire and how it's this claim that, like... Um, you know, that the Imperials make this claim that it's the birth of human civilization, which I think is always interesting to talk about the hubris of that claim and how, like, the, oh, yeah. the idea of empire as civilization is kind of a self-justifying thing a lot of the times for imperialism or, like, you know, that this is somehow society or that we are what culture and this is what civilization is and that other places are uncivilized, you know? So, well, Pete... We do live in a society. We, we do live in a society. That's true, AJ. <laughs> that's true. So I, I just always enjoy the first Empire talk. So I enjoyed that scene. But the scene later on with Feather Witch, uh, I will rag on her more than she uh, can uh, go buy a canoe, is my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't get that one, but OK. Yeah, we do get some we get some reveals here, actually. Um, do, Pete, help me remember. Did we know there's a part of me when I read this, like half of me was like, whoa, and half of me was like, didn't I know this about the reveal that the person Carsa speared all the way back in book yes. three, book four, all the way back in book four, speared was Benatus. Did we know that that he speared Benatus? Um, and that's that's the person. Isn't that the person whose head they've carried around or something? So that's one of those things that I think is semi like I don't know. It's hard to know because you could have put in the pieces together maybe after yeah. like book five or six or so. Did you catch that, India? No, I was going to ask this, you to repeat this. So, when? The, so yeah, we get the reveal that way back in book four, during the Long Carsa prologue. Yes. Yeah. He gets on that ghost ship. So, okay, so remember in book two, they go find the Salanda, the ship that's full of tisty eater, eater heads, right? Yes. Yeah. So, and then we book four, we learned that the heads are there because Carsa got on the ship and murdered all of them, including blasting through a door, getting hit by some magic, and the magic not working because he's covered in Ototero, and then he just spears that magician. And that magic user was Benata Sengar, troll and rule out and fear's brother. Yeah. So it really, so he's dead. It was one of those things where I was like, it said it, and I was like, I, I was like shocked reading it. And then in my head, I was like, nope. 
no, it tracks. Like maybe I, yeah. like, it made so much sense that I was like, maybe I did know this. Yeah, I, Josh, I had the same exact feeling. I was like, I had to have been told, like we had to have known this before. The thing because, is like, this. So pretty at, obvious. At the end of the sixth, at the end of the sixth book, Tomad Sengar is grieving Benedis and there is right. conversation around him then. So part of me thinks maybe you should have, I don't know if it's explicitly spelled out there, but it's definitely like yeah. full on confirmed here. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Can I, and I, I, what, AJ, what are your thoughts? Do you think Hannon Mosax, do you think he knows how to play the game? Do you think he's, do you think he's learned from his mistakes and he's, he's going to get it this time? He, he, you know, this whole rule, I think, didn't really, he's, he's actually doing, he's doing the good thing, AJ. He's going to help, <laughs> yeah. he's going to help yeah. him out. It's like, this is, you know, I, he's going to save the eater. <laughs> I don't think he has learned anything to answer your question, John. <laughs> yup. Um, ah, I think he still thinks he knows what's up. And knows how it's going to pan out and that he is the smartest as you as you coined with most people, which I've now not been able to stop thinking about with like the Patriotists and the loyal. The Liberty it's, so fr- it's so frustrating. They all think they are the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Um, and I think Hannah Mosag thinks he's the smartest person on the planet. Can, and can <sighs> I, I want to jump in. Featherwitch is the same. Like in their conversation, yes. she's like, and I'm like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like you've been on a boat for an indeterminate amount of time. And you think that suddenly, you know, the secrets to destroying an empire, like keep going though. I'm sorry. I got really mad about that. What's at least insane about Featherwitch is when you get to these, some people have these huge egos. It's like, yeah, sure. I get how some of these people like just can't think outside of themselves and like think so much highly of themselves. Featherwitch literally sucks. It does done nothing. <laughs> And it's like just like a piece of shit. And like somehow she's like, you know what? I think I'm the fucking smartest person in the universe. I yeah. like I like yeah. uh, in the in the later Featherwitch chapter, she was where she's like, maybe if I stuck with Udinas, I could have been sitting on the throne. It's like, come on. Fucking. Yeah. I, uh. Yeah, she's terrible. Yeah. So uh, so so pushing forward a little bit. We got three whole chapters today. We see mm. we see a lot of throne room stuff mm. uh, about about how the return of the eater impacts the throne. And we didn't even talk about the uh, the very one of the very first things in this chapter is Tribune Noel playing his hand and sort of sending a message to the fleet by having the welcoming delegation exclusively oh, yeah. the fairy zero eater and and people uh, are now starting to understand like Tomad seeing you know. The chancellor is really, really no longer being subtle about things. Yeah. How, how is that? How is this courtroom drama for you, India? I'm not going to lie, Josh. I zoned out while you were speaking that whole entire sentence. I'm so it's sorry. Okay. It's okay. No, it's okay. I'm a teacher. I'm used to this. Shit. It's my whole shit. How did you feel about the, uh, the, the scenes where uh, Tomad attempts to come talk with uh, uh, Rulad, but he's denied, and then Trib and Noel is trying to explain to Rulad that the Eater are betraying him? How is all this sort of, you know, maneuvering and backstabbing go- going for you? I, I mean, it's like, what do you want me to say? The Rulad situation where he's being isolated from everyone is weird and dumb, but also it makes sense. And if I wanted to control somebody, I would also keep them separated from, it's classic, classic abuser behavior. Um, So in that way, it makes sense. I think Tomad's stupid anyway, I don't like, I don't like, to be honest, everybody in this, just the people that are in the place where Rulad is. Yeah, that that area, they're all, Every one of them is in like in their own um, has their own agenda and has their own like ideas and plans. 
And, and can I just say, can I just say, thank goodness we've moved past that in modern day politics, truthfully. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Josh. Absolutely. That was actually really, really phenomenal. But it's just like kind of annoying and I'm kind of over it. And to be honest, that whole, this whole chapter for me was a bit descriptive, a little too descriptive. And thus, mm. I think it takes away from some of my, the, for me, um, it takes away from like some of the, I think, scenes that are supposed to be more impactful just because it's just like so, and I, I say this in the most like really, really work with me, guys. It is so many words. There are so many oh, words. Yeah. Yeah. He paints a lovely picture for me, but one that I think could I would like better with less words. So yeah, Tomat's stupid, Roulette's stupid, and I think the whole idea of him not being able to see him is stupid. And I think the idea of him bringing Karsa to be event, I I'm really fascinated to see what's going to happen with him avenging Benadas or Benadas, whatever his name was. Yeah, his response to that was so not what anyone expected, I think. You know, when Shriven Noel was like, well, we're going to use this to sort of, you know, anger him into beating this champion. And he's like, no, father brought the demon to kill me too. I can't do it. <laughs> he was, he was like instantly like, you know, the youngest child again. He's super paranoid. Yeah. Yeah, but like also, right now. yes, like, can you blame him? <laughs> No, I, I can't blame him. Poor Roulette. Uh, and so we end with two completely polar opposite scenes. Um, we get back to our lovely Invigilator. Uh, <laughs> you that's for you. Out, that's yeah. That's for you out there. Just I will. <laughs> I will say never. One of the things we have received the most mail ever to the someone, show. Uh, someone tweeted like this a screenshot of like the dictionary with the pronunciation. And I'll say this: <laughs> I'm on. I'm from the East Coast, baby. I have never heard this word once. And wherever y'all are from, and you're getting invigilated all day long, like good for you. But like, forgive us this one, okay? I will say this. I definitely don't want to be, I don't want to be invigilated for sure, but being invigilated also sounds pretty bad. You yeah, know? neither are good. <laughs> it all sounds very invasive. I think someone on Discord said they're from Britain and when they took tests, they had yeah. to get the test signed off by an invigilator, like they had a person, which I was like, yeah. you mean a proctor? A much well, to more- be honest, they also say like aluminium and it's aluminum. Yeah. So. <laughs> what the fuck do the British know? Yeah. Am I let's right? Fucking, exactly. Let's fucking roast the British. <laughs> um, no, uh, it does seem like it's like uh, that's not a part of American English, but it's used abroad in different other types of yeah. English dialects. So. Steve yeah. is from Canada. Oh, Canada. And, uh, and lived lived in UK, so it makes sense. But yeah, so we get to uh, Karos and Victad being real frustrated with the bug puzzle, which is very funny. They talk about Janeth. Uh, we do the, the creepy stuff. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. I thought that Janeth was done for. Uh, even texted Pete last episode that I was like certain that she had like a terrible fate in store for her. And I was thoroughly relieved that she was uh, rescued this scene. Mm. Yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. What do uh, what do we, there's nothing to even think. They both just suck. I don't, there's nothing we need to talk about with them. Yeah. Good, good on bug being there and saving people. Yeah. Karos does say like, ah, my, our plan to isolate Rulad is working out perfectly, which is like, okay, yeah, we already, we need that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they're supposed to be doing some big reveal type stuff, but I feel like the, I don't know, I feel like they're dumb a lot of the times, <laughs> which I feel like, and I feel like sometimes they're even written almost comedically with how, like, evil they are. Yes, so I do want to, I do sometimes want to laugh at them. Yeah, it's definitely like a cartoonishly evil That's person. a good way to put it. Especially and, Karos. 
Speaking of cartoonish, the chapter ends with Ublala Pung. Pete, <laughs> best character? Second best character? We'll get to the Ublala Pung stuff. I do want to loop back to that. I do think in these chapters, I mean, we'll have to talk about it later. I mean, I do think we learn the, uh, the most about the Patriotists in these chapters. We learn a lot more about them. And mm-hmm. I do think in this scene with Tenal is like when he's like, you know what? I'm going to tell Janath I love her and we're going to like get out of here and it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Obvious, obviously, this is like... I don't know. He's like a crate. This fucking guy. This fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking guy. Indy, what did you think about uh, any of these scenes? Anything noteworthy or just kind of continued? I was super happy um, when Bug came and Janath was like, you know, she was like, this man is it's a good guy. We're going to get out of here. I felt happy about mm. that. I think that, what is that person? Tannel? Tannel, yeah. Tannel, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just... It, it's a very disturbing little situation. So yeah. those are my thoughts. And I'm, I like that she, um, I, I, Bug is really just honestly top five. Um, so that's really it for me. It, it's tough. Cause then we go to, we cut to this Ubala Pung bit, Ubala Pung bit, which is like so fucking. The man, the manhunt thing is incredible. It's really, it really good. It can't be a manhunt. He's cracking himself up. I love yeah. Ubala Pung. She has br- the breast and stuff. Yeah, he also he does talk about Carsa a little bit, and I was like, yes. interesting to see his point of view. I like because I like how he points out that he was like, oh well, you know, the people we worshipped as gods who were pretty fucking fierce. You know, I think Iron Bars had to fight them all off, and he did he did mm-hmm. well because he's Iron Bars and he's like unkillable. But you know, he was like, oh, we wouldn't even like worship this dude. We would follow him. Like he's incredible. He is our god now. Yeah. So and and he oh and he insinuated that like his being here is going to attract the rest of the Tarthanol, which gosh, it's gonna be cool to see Carsa leading an army of giants. And <laughs> I think that's mostly chapter seven. Yeah. I just yeah. wanna really quickly, one thing that we didn't touch on that I had some trouble understanding, or maybe you did touch on it when I went to the bathroom. When they're discussing like I couldn't figure it out. And I think I was supposed to just know who they were talking about. And I I couldn't understand it for some reason. Mm. They're like, there was a child and then the dad left. Came, no, the mom died and then the dad brought the child. Who are we talking about there? Is that? Yeah, when Bug, when Bug was looking at the mechanism and talking about. Is that Icarium? Was he the child? No, I don't. Are you, th- no, this was, is the I child. I think he was just, I think he was just talking sh- about the history. Do we know? And what was the and if it and if it meant nothing, then what was the point? <laughs> yeah, I the only it, it, oh gosh. The aerosol are from so long ago. Peter, ahead, Peter, I see you looking away. <laughs> the only the only child I know Peter of Peter couldn't want to be more out of this discussion. <laughs> I know, I know. He's hiding. The only the only child we know is like Kettle. But I'm 90% certain Kettle has a fork of a sail in her, you know, not like an aerosol or something. No, but, but jo, I, I don't know. Aerosol I think is hairspray. I, that's it's an aerosol can. I, and I don't like this either. I think it could be a carrium because like he's looking at the mechanism and talking about it. Like he's looking at this little tool and we know that a carrium makes little tools or little timekeeper things. And that could be oh, why he has such but, a bad temper. <laughs> Well, we, and you know what? We don't know. We don't know what Akira's other half is. We just know he's half jagged. I guess we've never actually heard what the other half is. Yeah. So uh, I, when I read it, I was like, maybe this is a carrium. I don't really know. I'm not uh, going to have any definitive answers. So I dog-eared the page just so that wait, I can come I back to it later. I, I don't think it's a carrium because then later he says a carrium came to this continent. Yeah. And um, then was the and like met Crawl here. So I don't think it could be. I thought a he carrium. came as a child. 
Yeah, but I yeah, thought the you... aerosol were always here is what it sounded like they were saying. I could be completely wrong, though. AJ, just uh... read us the entire snippet. Okay. Yes, aerosol, a mated pair, preparing for uh, preparing flint for tools here on the bank of the vast marsh. He worked the cores, she did the more detailed napping. They came here for three seasons, then she died in childbirth, and he wandered with a starving babe in his arms until it too died. He found no other of his kind, for they had been scattered after the conflagration of the great forests, the wildfires sweeping out over the plains. The air was thick with ash. He wandered until he died, and so was the last of his line. But Icarium said there would be no end, that the cut thread was but an illusion. In his voice, then, I could hear his father. Yeah, I don't think they're uh, talking about Icarium, because his father just, is... Uh, his father's he, Gothos. But, yeah. But we know Gothos is Jaghut. So, yeah, we know that Icarium's half jagged. So the the Aeros I know, but that's I what I'm saying. It, the other half, I don't know. I think I think it's a story about Icarium being a storyteller. I don't know. It makes no sense. Uh, if if they were supposed to get something out of there, I'm gonna be pissed. Those, well, Peter, but like Peter makes it. Peter's making me feel like Peter could either be like, "Oh, it's nothing," and I'm just gonna turn my head to fuck with them, or it's yeah, something. that's classic. No, wait, here's 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 the 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 next part of that. Uh, and here, long before this city was born, there stood a temple into which Icarium walked as lost as any son, the child severed from the thread. But the elder god within could give him nothing, nothing beyond what he himself was preparing to do. Could you have imagined, Kroll, how Icarium would take what you did, take it into himself as would any child seeking a guiding hand? Where are you, Kroll? Did you sense his return? Do you know what he seeks? So I, I really feel like it could be Icarium, but I truly don't know the significance of that. <laughs> Great. But Icarium well, can't. What do you mean? Could be because they all died. But did they all die? Died. All three aerosol died. But then, but Bug says uh, the cut thread was but an illusion. Exactly. Um. All right. We're did moving on die? to chapter eight. You're not going to get yeah, to the bottom of this. Pete, do you have any anything that you can give us? <laughs> just if it's not relevant, just please let me know. I will just say I do think I've decided maybe Crawl's the best god. That's my only thought. <laughs> so. Chapter okay. eight. That was th thank you, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Chapter eight. We see Cotillion and the survivors of the battle for the Shadow Throne and the Warren of Shadow. There's a very little house on the prairie vibe. Cotillion reveals some sex of the Shadow Warren to Quick Ben. Makes connections a first-time reader couldn't possibly comprehend. He assures Quick that Kalam is alive, but stops short of revealing Shadowthrone's reasons for saving him. Cotillion and Shadowthrone send Troll, Onrock, and Quickben across a super sick lake. Because Steve decided we needed another plot thread to keep track of. Shirkalal is momentarily overshadowed by her first Nate, who says some seriously funny shit about his eyeballs. They meet two women named Brevity and Pithy, who provided a nice moment of humor. The island of Second Maiden is ruled by a full-blooded shake. Whatever that is. Also, there's no prisoners there. There are definitely Greyhelms. This is Josh's prediction based on the weird drama. Udinas and company speak of the hero's tale from the perspective of the typical antagonists. He then shares some of his feelings about Rulad, for whom he has sincere empathy. Fear sort of gets along with him. It's nice. The Onyx Order tells some important stuff to Ruin about the Jagged Ritual enveloping this continent. 
They explain the risks of looking for Scavendari's soul, and reveal that Menandere has visited them, and will likely oppose Ruin. They offer the help of Clip, revealed to be the mortal sword of the Black-Winged Lord. Clip continues to be a little shit. Brol Handar is convinced he is the smartest person in the room, as he accompanies the expedition to hunt down and kill Red Mask. Atri Preda Bivat reflects on her meeting with Factor Leader Anict, and wishes Brol wouldn't be so dumb. The Eater are ever in over their heads when it comes to trying to play the same game as the Theory, because the game is rigged from the start. Tok and Red Mask talk, and Tok is a little mad. He is not sure of his relationship with his wolf gods, but has not fully sworn off of them. They discuss tactics, and Tok agrees to help transform the All into an army the Malazan Empire would be proud of. So we start off with a lovely, a lovely scene uh, in the the Warren of Shadow, where there's a whole farmhouse that has just ended up there with you know a gaggle of animals. By the way, what's a rook? Is a rook a type of bird? Am I crazy? A rook is like a like a raven, That's, a crow. Oh, yep, it's a, yep, it's yep. a grackle. It's in that. It's in that family. I like knew it was a bird, but I couldn't have the light of me picture it. But I also couldn't be bothered to like look it up. Yeah, it's got like a um, it's beak. I only know this because I based a and d character off of a rook. Its beak is like a uh, uh, gray. It, it's closer to just looks straight up like bone coming out of their face. It's wild. What? All right, I'm looking at really rook bird. Yeah. yeah, because the beak is like oh, part of that's the skull. Sick. That's but the so rooks, cool. it's just straight up gray like bone color. Everyone go look up rooks. It's pretty cool. Pretty metal. Pretty metal. So this place where they were staying, were they in shadow or yeah? In so they court? were in the they were in the Warren of Shadow, and a longhouse had just sort of appeared, and they were staying there with you know. The what does Cotillion even do? What? It, like... <sighs> well, now he's just sad. There's a line <laughs> with Cotillion that I I gotta ask right up front, and because I I don't know if it was just a joke or if I learned something. He like touches his face and goes, Ah, I need to shave. Do yeah. ascendants? Do human stuff? God's poop too, Josh. That's what I'm getting okay. at. Like, like stuff like that, right? Like, do they I, need I think to shave? I think we've gotten some bit of of facial hair talk at some point. I, I vaguely remember. But I that. just sort of thought they could, you know, wish it into existence. Truthfully, mm. It, mm. it it really caught me off guard to imagine Cotillion like needing to find a mirror or like look into a lake <laughs> to see his reflection. Yeah. Sorry, that just popped in my head. Yeah, so what did you um what do you think the vibe is at this uh at this homestead is India of the uh, the survivors of this battle? How do you think they're all feeling? Absolutely, I would say um I've never heard a more succinct stall for time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it the vibe is is off. The vibe is negative. The vibes are bad. We are not mm-hmm. having a good time. Mm-hmm. Do you think it doesn't help the collection of folks we have here? It is a very eclectic mix. I of, think that, yeah. and also, I feel like this whole group is 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 on a lot of fronts. They're mm-hmm. they're all doing a lot of things. They're all very like, especially mostly Quick Ben. I feel like having Quick Ben around and then Shadow throwing a Cotillion, it's like, eh, like. <laughs> 
it's a lot there's of just, plots. Lot there, of yeah, there's just like a lot going on. And and yeah. to be honest, Steve doesn't help me with the with. I, I'm going to complain about this a lot today because I read something and it was the most true thing that I've ever read. And it was that it appears that this book, if you just took out a little bit of the description, could be like a hundred pages shorter. And I haven't, I can't stop thinking about that fact. And I, in this scene particularly, and really every chapter, that rings very true. But I do love seeing like Troll and Onrak and like, we love to see it. I do love Quick Ben. I have missed them and I was happy to see them. However, morale is definitely low. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, even the rooster died from from the morale, so. From a broken heart, yeah. I can't believe that's... (laughs) Shadow Throne shows up and it's like, yeah, Cotillion was right. The rooster died because it was sad. Like yeah. the rooster died of grief. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. India, by the way, I've got to say, if you're not a big fan of uh, wordy descriptions, I don't know if fantasy is the genre for you <laughs> as a whole. You know, when when Peter pitched this idea to me, that was that was left out. The description piece, it, it might have made all the difference. But mm-hmm. here we are seven books later. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah. I guess I'm in. But be honest with me. Do you guys ever just kind of like you're reading description and you're like, I'm just going to skim it. Yep. Yeah. All the time. All the time. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So AJ, we, uh, we do get the, we, we get the confirmation that Kalam is alive in the Azath house, the dead house. Yeah. What do you think Shadow Thrones reason? Why do you think Shadow Thrones saved Kalam? Because Cotillion knew and he made a point of not revealing. I mean, uh, I don't know. Shadow Throne is one to broker deals and to like hide aces up sleeves. So in a way, I feel like he is just trying to leverage that. He's trying to leverage that uh, like with Kalam of like, hey, I saved your life. Just do this one thing for me. I'll call in my favor when I need it. But also we're not fully 100% sure how the Azath works in terms of like healing people and like, can they leave like, when are they allowed to leave? Or, like, will they die immediately, right? Like, we don't know exactly the, the timeline for that type of stuff. But I, I that that's what I, that's the vibe I'm getting. It's just like, you know, Shadow Thrones, like, I have kind of a plan, and maybe if I need Kalam, I'll, I'll, I'll pull him out. Like, the same thing he did with, with Quick Ben. Yeah, and with that the makes parent, sense. Fa- with the parent favor, he still hasn't called in. Or, no, sorry, that was Hood. I lied. Yeah, so so I, I really think that's all that is. I don't think there's anything of like, oh, I have to save Kalam. I, I love my boy Kalam. I think it's purely selfish and just like oh, Kalam sure. is Kalam is just like a stepping stone into whatever Shadow Thrones fucking whole deal is. And can I just say, I <laughs> I this is my least favorite Shadow Throne when he's being like goofy. Cause it's like yeah. you, we know you're not goofy, dude. Like <laughs> stop pretending. Just, I don't know. It's it's like he's constantly trying to make sure nobody has like a bead on like where he is at all times. And it's like, that's exhausting. You know, that's exhausting, which I guess is the point now that I say it out loud. But man, <laughs> I, I got you're getting at. And la- last part of this, Pete, when people like Shadow Throne and Cotillion say stuff like, we don't know where this lake goes in our warren. Do you ever feel like the gods are... It's what it, it, To me, it's sort of like when you find out that adults are all just making shit up too. You know what I mean? Mm. Do you feel like the gods have it any more together than we do? Uh, it certainly deflates their image, you know? Mm-hmm. But I also think it's like, don't you want... You like you want them to have some sort of like absolute, but they don't, you know. Mm-hmm. So 
I have nothing more to add to it. All right, good talk, good talk. I, for one, am very excited about this lake that had a ripple, and Cotillion's just like, oh, fuck, that shouldn't happen. Okay, I, that that got me. I was like, okay, I, I'm down for a weird travel across cool lake. Although, yeah. the, the stuff he said about how, like, we can't tell you more because your uh, perception will be determined by your what the fuck ever like what are where are they going what the fuck could they be doing mm. we'll find out next book uh, i do like uh shadow throne does call <laughs> own rack bony one which i thought was good but <laughs> yeah anyway oh gotta, gotta live on rock control <laughs> the best that is funny <laughs> i'm excited for some troll and quick ben talk that should be fun you know yeah, or, yeah. so then uh <laughs> yeah so then uh we, we get to some pirate stuff uh, Sharkalal is being hunted by icebergs, which really feels like we're, we we jumped the gun into climate change, Steve. We, you're tackling a lot of issues in these books. I didn't think we would get to the climate change, but you know, here we are. So I want to know, India, if you were being chased by semi-magical ice, <clears throat> what, what do you think your escape plan would be? That's a really good question. I would say if I have some kind of magical being with me, mm-hmm. likely I'm inventing a fire warren and oh. I will just pop those suckers right in there. Well, we've seen the fire warren because that's where uh, that's where the God, Stormy and Gessler become golden because they, they spend time in there. So that's a good idea. Just open, just straight up open the fire warren on this plane of existence. Well, I'm a right. golden god. Yeah. Because, you know, global warming is real and the fire warren is taking over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I personally, if, 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 if I was being chased by magical ice, I would die. I think <laughs> pretty pretty Josh, sure about that if one. If I'm confident that I would not die, then I don't think there's a chance that you would die. If I have a magical person, I'm set, you know, but like <laughs> just your boy, I think it's over. Here's the thing though, Josh. Magical ice can't melt steel beams. Oh, so shit. <laughs> I just, uh, you're saying the house of scales was an inside job? <laughs> Oh, fuck. It was actually just uh, done so that they can invade the Yaldon and Kondo for a a pretense. Trivid, no, I fucking knew it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) AJ, uh, I got, well, let's just, we got to break the tents. AJ has beef with this section, and I think AJ should air it on the show. I didn't know this. Let's hear it. Yeah, uh, Pete and I were talking a bit before we we hopped on the the recording. I did not like this section. It was too long, and I am I know that it's important, and I know later in the books we'll be like, oh, this is what this whole thing was leading up to. But right now, it's like the one storyline besides, I guess, the Cotillion Troll Unrack Quick Ben one um, that's like completely unrelated to everything else that's going on. But like, obviously the ice stuff is important and we'll come back later, I'm sure. Whatever they do on this island, I'm sure will also be important. But like right now, it was just such a long scene that I felt like I wasn't in on whatever the joke was. Like, it felt like we were having a goofy fun to whole bug time, but I just wasn't laughing. (laughs) It's so interesting. I immediately fell in love with all the characters in this scene. I was so about it. Because this felt to me, AJ, and maybe it was just like, when did you read this chapter? Last night, or yesterday afternoon. I feel like I I read this midweek. I was relaxed, you know? There was no time crunch for me. I had a couple hours. I I, I, I mean, don't put words in my mouth, Josh. I had had plenty plenty of time. I did it the whole day. I honestly, 
I love to read the book like this. This is my preferred way of reading is like to sit and just have a whole, make a whole day of it. You know, it's great. That's nuts to me. But I was going to say, yeah. as I was reading it, I just, it sort of felt like I was reading a Corbel Brooch and Bocalane sort of bit. Right. You know? That's yeah. how I felt. And, and for me, it was really good because we had just come from this, you know, kind of heavy scene with the Cotillion and Shadow Throne. And I liked that they they kept the they kept the energy up with the ice. And then as soon as the threat of the ice is gone, we just slowed so down into like goofy ass world building with the first mate's eyeball being a thing that everyone just bought. Like apparently yeah. he's famous in this part of the world. Like there's just so many little details that I loved. The fact that their yeah. names were Brevity and Pithy, which is like so good. Yeah, Josh, it really does feel like Steve was like, I just want to put a little, uh, a mini, mini Bokulane and Corbel Brooch novella in the middle of this. <laughs> well, and I want to say, I want to say that Pete has let it slip that maybe Shirkalal is in some some of the other books. Well, no, I had said in the last episode, because she brings up the Lees at Laughter's End, which is I the thought title someone of- someone else, I thought Pete had said that Shirkalal ends up somewhere else, because I know what you're talking about, Adrian. Peter, did you ever say that? Or am I crazy? I think you're conflating me talking about Jakaruku and Blood and Bone. Oh, which oh, and she dropped them off. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Then disregard me. I don't know. I thought, I mean, I, I imagine this is going to be like one of the, I mean, we're going to be here for a bit. We're going to learn whatever a fucking shake is. And then there was also, there was yeah. a shake it up, baby. Now he's been waiting. I, I, he's been I, waiting was, for that. I was really debating. I was really, I was waiting for that. I totally zoned out during the, and that's why I gave you nothing on that question you asked me because I was thinking about whether to do that or shake it off. I think I made the wrong decision. So next time the shake come up, I'll sing a different song. Well, we know that there's uh, another shake is mentioned in this section, but I forget who, and I think they're dead or something, but they get mentioned in a way that it's like, it's classic Steve, like, you know, shakes. And you're like, shake. yeah, and you're like, I don't, I, but Steve, I, I don't. And also Shirk knows this person and that's going to be a whole thing. I think it got me excited because any scene that isn't depressing and about the Letheri sort of conquest of the eater morality is going to be my shit in this book. But Josh, mm. like, then what's the book about? You know, <laughs> like that's the story of the book. So why would you want, if you want to not read about that, read a different book. I would right? I don't know. Lo- hey, AJ, I fucking love that. All right. Are you giving me an out? Right. Can I go? That's a really good suggestion, AJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can, can I dip? Yeah, you got I didn't so, realize so that you, was an option. You'd rather have this two in one, this two in one where you can kind of go back and forth between books. Yeah, got it, got exactly. Got it, got it, got it, got it. But in all honesty, though, when you first heard about Shirk two mm. books ago, did we ever think that she was going to be a real character in the series? Because no. I did not. And I thought we needed her to do some shit. And then the pirate was just in a way to get her out of the story. And that's what I, yeah, thought, I thought she was going to be gone. Yeah. I'm so happy that we are getting a pirate, an undead pirate shirt. Who, by the way, no one on her ship knows she's undead. Fucking hysterical. Really good. Yeah. They're all just like, damn, she's so young and horny. How does she we do should- it? <laughs> <laughs> we should move on. We should move on. We still have a whole another chapter left. You're right. All right. We get over to uh, the the much better version of the Crocus crew from last time. That's right. It's your faves. Udanas, Saren, Kettle, and Silchus and Fear, I guess. Thank we you get for us there as well. That. Yeah. Uh, we get some, we get some cool, I, I, what did, what did, anyone can talk. I loved Udanas sort of like fucking dissecting the hero's tale and sort of challenging it. What did you guys think about that scene and everyone's reactions to it? 
Pete, you go. Yeah, Pete, how did you like that? You're a big fan um, of dissecting and postmodernism. How did you like Udinas' uh, postmodern take on the hero's tale? Yeah, it's postmodern wax. Yeah, and they're explicitly talking about it. It's interesting for uh, interesting for many reasons, but I actually want to pivot to some different stuff in this scene. Oh. Um, okay. So, uh, AJ, you're going to have to play the theme music again yeah. for the Fierce Engar section. Uh, so yeah, last week I started a new a new section of the show. I think it was called something like Fiersengar can go to a farm upstate or something. And um, I have to say, uh, I hope he has a nice, robust life there. I feel like in this scene, I was like, ah, you know, you know, I felt like I he was the most tolerable he's ever been in this scene. That's because he was getting his way. Yeah, just you're not you're not wrong, not wrong. And I will say, I feel like I was a little ch- chafed. At Udonis here, here's this, I think, a crazy, here's a crazy take out of Udonis. So he's talking with uh, Fear and Fear's like, why Rulad so valued you, Udonis? You were you were wasted scrapping fish scales all day this when works. by the measure of your intelligence and your vision, you could sit tall on my kingdom's throne. You know, it's like, oh, he's a smart guy. And, he, and then Udonis laughs and he's like, well, you just stated the central argument both for and against the institution of slavery. I was wasted, was I? Or of necessity kept under firm heel? Too many people like me on the loose and no ruler, tyrant, or otherwise could sit assured on a throne. We would stir things up again and again. We would challenge. We would protest. We would defy. By being enlightened, we would cause utter mayhem. So fear, kick another basket of fish over here. It's better for everyone. And you didn't like that? No, I I was like, fucking take a haiku, Donis, is how I fucking feel. Like, I don't know, man, fucking take it, get a fucking grip on yourself is my fucking opinion, you know? Like, you think he's thinking too highly of himself? Yeah, I think he's thinking too fucking highly of himself, oh, well, and I yeah. think he's also sorely misunderstanding the institution of slavery. Like, I get, the, I get that he's making a point about power and people who rule over this type of stuff, but I just, like, don't think that... W- w- the uh, What's the, the argument for and against slavery is that, what, it's, like, keeping free thinkers down? Is that what the... Like, it just seems like, bro, you are out of... I don't know. I, I, I'm... I'm I, it's just a really... A little tone deaf. Udinas yeah, is a little yeah. tone deaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he's just conflating some really different things. Do you know what I mean? Like, do I agree rulers mm. want to rule a placid, compi- a compliant populace? I agree with this type of idea, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's what it's trying to as- get to. But oh. I don't think that's an argument. I, 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 like, how that's related to slavery, I think, is really... I think that's a tenuous connection. I get that. I also... I don't know about you guys... I mean, I don't think Udinas was really a big thinker until he just happened to get a tisty Andy ghost to live in his head and then sort of get used by the gods. You know what I mean? It's not like he was this like revolutionary thinker and and that's and he was always being held down. Like he really has a high opinion of himself. But like in a lot of ways, he just happened to be right place, right time for a lot of it. Well, That's a really good point. I don't know about that. I, yeah, I know I it's getting know. aggravated, but I, well, something I've always liked about Adonis, and I, we should get back to this the thing, I just made this note, I wanted to get to it, is that he is both, I think, a very likable character, but he has these like rough edges that I think are, are like tangibly rough and like are things to not like about him, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So we get, we, uh, we got that, and then we do, uh, we go, we go, we'll go over and see the Onyx Order, and that is... 
there's what five you know who they reminded me a lot of is from way back in book three memories of ice the uh the temple leaders over there who like are aspects of the gods and they don't get along either i absolutely love the wizard stuff it's, only because that's just like that's exact like this is exact the exact type of stuff i want mm, you know yeah. i want to have five wizards in a big like <laughs> cool location yeah yeah and that they're all talking about quests they're basically you know? the head of their avatar kingdom there's like one yeah. that's <laughs> good with plants yeah, one that's yeah, good yeah. with fire one that's good with air like they all they all talk like their person like the plant lady's like slow and wispy and the sea person's <laughs> like on a baritone sort of smooth mm. voice and of course you know we were talking about them having this very meta conversation about a classical hero's journey earlier mm -hmm. but like this is the type of thing where like steve doesn't even bother setting this up i feel i mean there's like i guess a little bit of exposition paid to it but i feel like mostly he's like okay well you get it it's the wizards we're doing we're doing the wizard's tower yeah. this is the type of wizards that you know, it's just like, I don't know. It's not like he's introducing, I feel like, a whole... No, I don't know. you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And then we just, like, they, they jump right into, like, I mean, almost everything they said went over my head in terms of, like... Really? The danger of the Jag Hut ice going straight to the heart, and you'll find so-and-so in the shadow of the ice, which is probably the fucking Shadow Warren or some bullshit, because it's not where he thinks it's going to be. It was so confusing to me, man. Did uh, AJ and Indy, did either of you get anything more out of that? The Onyx people telling uh, Ruin about, like, the journey he needs to take? No. Yeah. AJ? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. No, it's just fun f fun wizards talking to each other, and then and then they say, oh, yeah, Clip is the mortal sword of Anamander Rake. It's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Cool, I guess. Yeah. Anamander Rake has a, has, a sword, has a mortal sword. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Yeah, so I, this, this threw me you off see? because... We know we know that some ascendants get shit like that, but then not everyone does. So I was, I mean, like the Silchus change them all do. <laughs> well, yeah, they have, a, and then you know, does Silchus ruin have a mortal sword somewhere that we don't know about? Like, how do you get to be that? And does Animander Rake even fucking remember these guys exist? He was so he was here so long ago. Yeah, who fucking knows, dude? <clears throat> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I hate Clip. Clip sucks. But also, Clip is I cannot, so annoying. I know that i'm gonna be he's gonna do a big turn when he like gets to fight and he for sure uses those dumb fucking clackety yes. things he's gonna like slice a man in half and i'm gonna it, i'm gonna think it's badass and then i'm gonna be like all right clip bye. i don't know though he he already we already have a cool uh uh like whip yeah, red like mask. weapon yeah. with red mask so so i'm i'm thinking the chains and the rings do something completely different like he like spins it and it makes him able to fly or something like it's not oh. a weapon it's like some That'd weird uh conduit for another thing i don't like know like he like he can blink through space and time like clink yeah. and he's like 20 <laughs> feet away right 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 oh, or it, like he wait. uses it as like a spell casting focus or something and he'll like clink and then blow somebody up or some shit i don't know it's gonna be good regardless anyway. excited i i I so as much as I hate Clip, I do love that every section with Clip ends with someone saying, "Do you have to do that?" And he says, "Do what?" Yeah, <laughs> with, with the rings, it's it does, really good. That that, that I've never I've never read something that I was like, "Come on!" And also like, "Come on!" It's pretty good. <laughs> like I've never felt so angry and also like it's just good writing. At the, yeah. It was pretty great. <laughs> uh let's keep this pace going. We have a whole. I'm sorry. I just I I don't feel like I was. I don't I don't feel like. I don't feel like I really put a pin it, point on it earlier. I agree with some of Udonis' sentiment, <laughs> okay. but mostly I find him to be really conflating several key points yes. and also in a way that is incredibly self-serving. You know, 
Like, why did the eater have slaves? It's because I was too smart for them, for me to be a, I'm, it was too much of a free th- thinker. Do you know I mean, it just seems to me like a totally, it's, it's a crazy t- point of view. Anyway, so we got to move on. I'm sorry. I just. All right. Yes. Yeah. We get, we get over back to uh, Drane. By the way, uh, there is some, there, what, what's our official podcast pronunciation? I would say Drane, but I, I heard Drane pe- like Renee Zellweger. Oh, Drane Zellweger. <laughs> I like that. I, Some people said Dreen, and I don't like that. I thought it was Dreen. I read it as Dreen or just Dren. All right, so I'm totally fucking wrong with the Drene Zellweger. I say I say Drene. I don't know, but yeah, I don't hey, care. it doesn't matter. I'm gonna add say it to what the I list of say. Steve questions. Yep. We get over here, and for the 80th time in this series, <laughs> one person's like, "Here's my master plan." Whoa, ha ha ha! And then we switch POVs, and the person's like, "God, they're so dumb." Um, I just, I feel bad for the eater and we're going to see later, um, when, uh, when Bruce and Trana in next chapter, like oh, yeah. we're going to see later mm-hmm. that like, you know, at the, at some point you gotta, like, you can't outsmart someone at a game they invented and the rules of which they keep changing, changing, right? Like if your opponent's playing Calvin ball, you need to pick up a brick. Like there's no way to <laughs> win Calvin ball if you're not Calvin. So then that, that was just like this whole scene was just kind of like a breakdown of like everything, like the, like the, the assumption the eater have that the Lethary are playing by any rules at all. Yeah, so they're like at all doing it. Yeah. So, I mean, I found it interesting. And I, I honestly, at first I was like, yeah, bro, Handar, let's go. And as soon as we went to Bivat's POV, I just knew I was like, ah, Okay, well, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna break down how this went wrong. What do you think, though, AJ? Do you think uh, Bivat is? Go- do you think Handar is gonna survive this expedition? I want to say yes, but I truly, I truly don't think so. I think the 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 end of this book, or or like the ending of this storyline, is like Lether just like totally engulfing and destroying Eater Society. Mm-hmm. So it really just, I, I don't know, I'm kind of just waiting for that. Uh, yeah, I, I really think I, I really think it's going to go bad for all the Eater involved, and it's just going to really suck shit, honestly. What do you, th- India, do you think the confidence that the Lether and Eater force has, how do you think that battle is going to, do you think the battle is going to play out the way they think it's going to, or do you think it's, do you think anyone's going to win in the initial fights, or is it going to be a draw, do you think, India? Well, you know, Josh... Whenever I feel like in this book, somebody thinks they're going to win, they Mm -hmm. oftentimes are missing some key point that they didn't know about and then lose miserably and or there is no resolution until three books from now. Uh So Uh I'm thinking in this case, in the grand scheme of this story, we need we need some kind of uh, resolution because... Is, the, is this really our central, like, issue here, Eater and Lether people? I don't mm. think so. So I mm. do think that initially they're going to have, like, a small loss, and then later on we'll have, like, a crushing blow. Do you think, and that's uh, my take. Do you think, AJ, do you think the person that loses first is going to then win the major engagement, or do you think they're destined to lose the whole war if they lose the first battle? No, I think uh, neither, because I think... <laughs> I think whichever whichever one comes out on top in the battle, I think in the end, some crippled god like annihilation shit is going to happen. Uh, oh. So no matter no matter what happens between these 
these two people, like there are, I mean, they've said it already a couple times throughout this book, like the gods are playing their own game. Um, so I feel like at some point they're going to be like mid skirmish or something. And then all of a sudden, like I'm, the, the moon is going to explode. Something of that caliber is going to happen. Oh, I and forgot everyone's like, about oh, the moon fuck, exploding. We have no control over anything like shit. And then I think maybe that's the thing that gets them to come together. But really, I have no idea. Well, also, like, what if Akarium loses his shit? Right. And then there's Akarium and Karsa, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like Akarium is also like a like a big player in things going wrong. Or yeah, they, like because at any moment he also, we know, can just like black out and destroy entire civilizations. Yeah, it really just makes me feel like there's all so many of this, moving parts, guys. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a lot. But but India, I think you bring up like the moving part. Like no matter what else happens, if Icarium loses his shit, it's over for everyone, and none of this stuff matters. So so that's that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like having a hard time feeling being able to like fully connect with some of these story beats and some of these like oh we're gonna do this thing for society because like you know, they don't know that there's fucking Chernobyl just like walking around their city, you know? Um, right. Like they are seconds from disaster at all times and they just don't even know it. Mm-hmm. I guess we, uh, we will see as we go. Uh, and mm-hmm. we, we, we end the chapter with some quick talk and red mask talk. Talk is kind of off his fucking rocker. Uh, but I mean, dude was just tortured for what seems yeah, like Yeah, that time. was, remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah he, was, he, was, he was like, <laughs> he was all deformed and then he got reborn into this dude's, yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot, so I'm do not you, surprised. I, Pete, do you, as a first-time reader, did you believe Talk was going to single-handedly transform this fucking all-force into like a Malazan-style army? That seems like a lot <laughs> for one person. I will ignore that question and rather ask you. Um, <laughs> Damn it, dude. <laughs> What's the point of us hosting if you're not going to answer our questions? Exactly. Well, we're going to have to figure it out because it's pretty hard. But like, I'm just, that's a question I'm not going to answer. So, but, um, I'm in fact, uh, we'll, so we'll have to figure it out. But, uh, instead I would like to just get a quick, a yes or no from all of us on, on, after I count down on whether red mask is hot. Three, two, mm. one. No. Yes. No. Wow. I, I feel like. Yeah. Red mask is too cool to be hot. Just wouldn't be I fair. Wanna... It wouldn't be right. Yeah. Red mask literally cuts people in half, and I I can't subscribe to it. I can't. And he he puts pe- he makes people get buried alive. Well, that's a whole different thing. But here's here's yeah. the thing, India. Counterpoint is Carsa hot? Yes. Yes. Carsa cuts people in half. What? <laughs> that is an insane take. Carsa <laughs> is definitively not hot. Carsa is hot right because Carsa is nine feet tall. Yeah, and con- and and confident. And we, lo- confident, we love confident. covered in tattoos <laughs> and could kill my enemies. Jesus yeah. Christ. Could split me in half in more than one way. But he also <laughs> sucks shit, and that is his defining quality in my book, so. Well, like, doesn't Red well, Mask... Like, you asked if he... Who in these stories doesn't suck shit? Also, you asked if mm. he was hot, not if he was boyfriend material. Different, different <laughs> questions. Also... Dateable? Does Red Mask not wear a red mask? Yeah, we don't know, Pete. Sure. There's got to be a reason. So, like, what's under that? You know, my guess, my guess is he's brutally disfigured. Personally, I, mine, I agree, I agree. And if the time were to come, I'd want to take the mask off, and I don't know what I'd see underneath. Yeah. Mm. What if you were just that staring makes back me at nervous? What if you just stare back at a reflection of yourself? Uh-huh. Whoa. Whoa. He might be a butterface. <laughs> yeah. Is what we're saying. Exa- precisely. Yes. There's no, but he is. You know what? I take it back. I actually think 
<laughs> the more I, I googled it, and I'm just. <laughs> we're, we're this yeah. is this is uh, fucking I silches wanna... ruined body pillow all over again. I, it's just it's the arms. Oh, hot, hot. When you go to the Malazan wiki, I take it all back. Hot. He's got a right. nice long ponytail, jet black hair. Yeah, that's yeah. Who drew this? Dehan Delic is great. All right, and that concludes chapter Nate. Is that good? Yeah. Seven, could, <laughs> do you want to take it again when you don't say chapter Nate? <laughs> nope, I don't. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Chapter nine. Sukalankadu, a character I'd completely forgotten about, sits outside the lean-to where her newly freed sister sleeps, recovering from her centuries-long imprisonment. They discuss their plans for revenge against Manandere, and it becomes clear that Sukul Enkidu is the middle child. Sheltatha is not convinced they can defeat Ruin, but Sukul Enkidu hints at an answer for their problems. Both are definitely secretly plotting to betray the other. Samar Dev and Texilian speak about the coming fight between Rulat and Karsa. Texilian reveals he has noticed patterns in the city where energy courses like twisted wires. To which I say, hey, who is this Texilian guy? How does he know what electricity is? Definitely more to him than meets the eye. Texilian urges Samar to run, but she replies that she feels loyal to Karsa. Tarlac Veed has some serious existential dread and should definitely seek professional help. He now understands why Mapo chose to betray his mission. Atre Prita Yantovis, called Twilight, visits her second-in-command, the now-mad Verit Tawn. She is accompanied by a Kabalhi monk who calls himself a senior assessor. There's some great jokes in here. You should read them. He isn't allowed to laugh, and he and Twilight speak about gods and worshippers. There needs to be a novella on the Kabalhi if there isn't already. Pete, please let me know after this if there is. He heals Tawn to the relief of Twilight. But as they begin speaking and catching Tawn up, he mentions a carrium, which causes the monk to flee. Twilight tells Tawn that she is leaving in two days to return to her post, and that he should accompany her, before leaving for his family in Blue Rose. Veed visits as they are leaving, and there is a moment of pure bromance between the only two mortal survivors of a carrium's rampage. The errant is sad, and somewhat regrets becoming a more present force in the mortal world. But then, what's that? Fenner's here? It only took us five entire books for that plotline to pay off. The two agree to work together, and Fenner gives the errant news of the beast hold that changes everything he thought he knew. Featherwitch casts tiles, and it's wicked confusing. Can't wait for someone to explain how it totally recaps the plot so far or something. The ghost of Kuraquan appears, and they bargain with Featherwitch agreeing not to use the finger of Briz Bedduct until the Sita tells her to. Samar and Taxilian take a look at the scale house, which collapsed with the arrival of Icarium. Samar has suspicions and leaves it at that. Bug and Tehold take a look at it too, and they also have suspicions, and that's that. Siren Kenar, a lieutenant of the Patriotists and total shitbag, raids Nassal's quarters and takes her prisoner. Bruth and Trana enters Nassal's chambers an hour too late, and orders his Eater followers to get her back, 
He is interrupted by the Chancellor and two bodyguards, who explains that Nissal has been accused of treachery. Ruth and Trana comes to the realization that he has two hands, and those hands can beat ass. He proceeds to do that, and it's sick. Nissal is given the choice between torture and death, or signing a fake treason letter and a quick death. She chooses the latter, but reveals that she is carrying Rulad's child. Karos and Vikdad goes to get a healer to see if she's bluffing, but then quickly returns as Bruthen's forces arrive. He kills Nissal. Bruthen Trana enters the Invictad's office and proceeds to take care of business. They leave with Nissal's body and the note she signed. Tenal Yathvenar discovers that Janeth has disappeared, but his search for her caused him to miss the attack on the Patriotist headquarters. Karos tells him a war has begun this night. Bruthen Trana has his aides hide the bodies of the Eater and Nissal. He tells his warlock to contact Hanan Mosek and inform him that war has begun this night. Deja vu. Janeth wakes up and we find out that Tehol was a little perv as a teenager. Not shocking. Some things are discussed by the Liberty Consign. Tehol's plan to destroy the market is working, but they think they'll catch him when he makes his next move. Rauto says he has already begun hiring alternatives to the Patriotists. Josh, please take us away. I do just want to hop in and say I feel so stoked that we've changed around the format and you're hosting and that you just read that summary. Because in my estimation, I always thought I was alone in pronouncing everything shittily. Yeah. Josh, I feel like you're just absolutely rolled over these names, not a care in the world, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just smashing down doors. Uh, that's 100% accurate. Breaking windows. Yeah. And So uh, I'm, I hope you get put on blast as well. Well, here's, here's the trick. So. I'm not going to read the Discord or Twitter. So, I will never know. I'm going to sleep That's tonight, assuming I so pronounced everything correctly. You have correctly. to contact Josh directly at his phone number, which is... <laughs> yeah. If you want to get up to me, you're going to need to get me in my work email. I'm not checking anything else right now. <laughs> it's the start of the school year. You're a little busy. at 10verybigbooks.com. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we get a, we get a lot. In, I mean, obviously, a lot in this chapter. That was a long summary. Uh, but we start with uh, Suckle Enkidu and Sheltatha Lore who uh, have some big discussions about their past uh, as sisters along with their relationship with Menandere. What do you feel, uh, AJ, how do you feel about this relationship between these two? It, it definitely feels like a tense allyship to me. Well, it's definitely tense, and I think justifiably so. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I, I don't know, I think it is exactly how I would envision it would be, you know, like if someone was like, oh, if, if you had thrown your sister into a hole for 10,000 years and then rescued her, how do you think she would feel? Like, I think this is exactly correct. And are you just raising your hand because you agree or do you want to? I, when you're done, I would like to also speak on this topic. So okay. please proceed. Okay. So like, I, I, I mean, I'm not expecting them to like become best friends or whatever. And I imagine they're going to hash out. Well, no, actually, I don't think they are. The conversation that they had about like, uh, 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 of Sakalankadu, like saying, like, oh, well, it's kind of Menandere's plan, and like I didn't want to say no, and blah blah blah, or you know, I couldn't say no, whatever it is. Um, my first instinct was like, that's a conversation that's going to happen a couple more times. But I feel like both of, I don't know, these are two very, uh, assumedly very powerful beings, and both have like you know strong feelings about things and like their own uh their own agendas i guess or at least suckle on is i don't even know what 
shuts off the Lori's agenda is. But uh, so I, I think this is the one time they're going to have this conversation. It obviously went badly, but mm-hmm. I think you are right, Josh, where like something is going to happen and they're 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 going to try and plot against each other. I think Suckle Ankadu is like genuinely, I don't know, genuinely wants. I'm going to call her Dapple because that was something that they as a nickname. They they said that she goes by Dapple. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's just easier. I think Sukalankadu is genuinely wants Dapple on their side. And I think Dapple is just like, fuck everything. Like, I'm just going to go buck wild. So I think the betrayal is going to be uh, from from Dapple's direction. Mm-hmm. India, um, you had something you wanted to add? I did. So, you know, as someone with a sister, mm. I do believe that I could bury my sister for a really, really, really long time. Right. And then come out, have a quick spar and Mm. be right back on track. Mm. So I actually think that they're, that this is, this is going to work as any, like, I think that it's fine. I don't really know. Right. I I think that, um, yes, you know, sometimes you bury your sister alive. Interesting. Interesting. it is your, at the end of the day, you are sisters. And uh, I don't know, AJ, I know you have sisters. I don't know I, if, if, you, if you've if you seen any violent fights, but as someone who has definitely sparred violently <laughs> with their sister and then went out for brunch, I think that this is going to be a very healthy alliance. Hmm. And I'm looking forward to it. And I love, yeah. sister, you know, we've had, we get a lot of brother time, but I'm really here for the sister drama. Hmm. So, I would love to see it be a good here's, alliance. Here's the here's here's the thing. Yeah, I can, yeah can okay. I real this quick, is what I was about to I, ask. Yeah. I want to double check. Menanderite put her in the hole, and shell and ankle sank. Suck whatever the fuck her name is just didn't help. Right. Menanderite and Suckle Ankadu are sisters, sisters. And right? Shelter a cousin. Is their cousin? Yeah, right. Okay. And so, so if my though. cousin buried me. <laughs> I might be a little more peeved. And Josh, I think it's I think that is what Sukalankadu is trying to pitch is like, I just I just didn't do anything. But like we saw we saw them both holding Dapple in front of uh, Blood Eye or whoever it was. And they were like, we're oh, going to put her in the we're going to put her in the Azath. Right. And he's like, yeah, cool. Good. I totally forgot that. Oh, I, I love that for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so she right, definitely so had right. something to do with it. So um, she's lying. Well, I don't, it, it could still be, I, I don't think she could, to- there is definitely a possibility where she's totally fucking absolutely lying out her entire ass. But I do think there could be some truth to like, it was Menandere's idea. And like, I couldn't say no, because from what we've seen of Menandere, pretty fucking brutal. And I think, I don't think she would hesitate to just absolutely skewer her sister. Oh yeah. Uh, and and still very, yeah. So, so I don't know. I think there could be some truth there. I, I really truly do not know what is most is more likely. <laughs> mm. I do think at the end of the day, though, Dapple is going to come and just which stab. one is Dapple? Dapple is Sheltafalor. That was the one that was buried in under I'm the. I'm so in fucking the sick of these names. Sorry, so why couldn't it just be names. Casey, Megan, and Caroline? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, sorry. One interesting thing about this is uh, 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 Shatafalor does say like, oh, I've learned a lot about Silchus Ruin because his mind was so close to mine. So she learned yeah. all of, uh, she learned about the true betrayal. Yeah, lots of stuff. Wait, a lot of his weaknesses, mind, I guess. What does that mean? Mind like was so they close. Were, so they were, they were both buried in the Azath at the same time for a very long time. And she basically, it, it, it sounded like, huh? You can hear the people also in the Azath. 
Yeah, I mean, I imagine everyone's just kind of a bunch of souls or whatever kind of floating through each other. But she said that that Sil just got lazy or something and like his defenses weakened and she just kind of went in there and like, I don't know, learned his fucked around. brain. <laughs> yeah, fucked around. Um, so that was cool, I guess. Interesting, at least. Agreed. Cool. Uh, yeah, I forgot it was me hosting for a second. So we move on from this <laughs> and uh, we get over to Samar Devon Taxilian. And Taxilian like is an interpreter, but I guess also an architect. And he is really throwing out some crazy like he's like, well, we architects speak in a secret language. And I'm like, you're from a different continent. I don't <laughs> know math, if that's dude. OK. Yeah, I guess the language of math. <laughs> Same as the language of love, I guess. So that's just, it's universal. Uh, what do you think? Do, do you think, do you think India that there's some secret to Texeline we don't know yet? Or do you think he's just like a useful plot device? That's a really good question, Josh, because I don't know. I think it's really hard to tell because especially as far as characters go in this book, like you just don't know. You never know. So mm-hmm. um, I don't understand. The Texeline is the person that works with Rulad, right? Are they, is that person... Uh, being um, isolated as well. No, Taxilian's with Samar. I know that they worked with Rulad. No, no. Ta- Taxilian and Samar Dev are together, and Taxilian's from another continent. He just sort of picked up the Eater language really quickly, I think, and he was being used as the translator. Right. Not with Rulad? No. He got. He met a Samar and Karsa boat. in the last book where they were. That's uh, who it was. It was Karsa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Karsa. It was Karsa. It was Karsa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. We <laughs> the got other there. big no, guy with you. the sword. That was me. Yeah. So I don't know. I I don't really see this character being like super relevant. And also, this like scene to me was just another one that I didn't need. Yeah, I think we're definitely they're they're trying to they're trying to tell us something about this city, right? Like we know that yeah. the city is built on another city, but that city is still existing and that's important and it's important where these certain things are, but it's one of those things where like I I'm too dumb. I'm sure the whole city's a conduit to hell or something and it's it's actually in the shape of a pentagram and we don't know I, that or something. It's funny. I think I've long considered Letharis one of my least favorite settings on this series. And I feel like this time around, especially in passages like this, I've really kind of been enjoying just like envisioning the city, kind of being there, so to speak. And I feel like I'm really having a new, I don't know, I'm really soaking in the environment this time around. I feel mm. like it's easier to do that when you're not trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. So for me, those things that you enjoy, like, oh, like, like getting to know the areas and understanding the history, like, I hate that part. Because like, Mm. then I can't tell the difference. Like, I'm just trying to figure out the fuck is going on here, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I could do without that, Peter. But I understand why a second read through that might be more interesting. Uh, I have no comment, but I will answer that. I will address your thing once eventually. So, okay, good. (laughs) Good. Fair. This whole talk makes me curious about what if Bug knows about this whole thing. We well, we know, know he knows something because later on they they look at a different thing and then Bug and Teho look at it and he's like, "This has confirmed my suspicion." So I right. mean, Bug's curi- yeah, Bug's like the oldest thing here besides the Errant. Mm-hmm. I think if and they, he might even be older than the Errant. I'm not even sure. So he definitely is. He's an elder. He's an elder god. Yeah, I think the knows, Errant is just ascendant. Yeah, he knows shit, and but we're not going to know what he knows for a while. I don't think we need to talk much about Tarlac Veed other than like slowly Ugh. he's becoming not the worst, but like really slowly. He's just so dumb. Just so dumb. It's really frustrating how much he's like, God, I can't believe the guy who was with this dude for millennia was right about him. Right. <laughs> yeah. And these people that I don't even know their names of lied to me and used me. Like, 
Yeah. Ugh. Duh. <laughs> so let's we we can move past that. Then we got Twilight. Pete. Twilight. Twilight. There we go. Okay. Twilight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I, I loved, but this this scene actually was the standout one for me. Absolutely mm. loved this weird senior assessor. What what did you think <laughs> of the like sort of blast of uh, of exposition here, AJ, with uh, about this this realm that he's from? It was a lot. I mean, some some wild world building, right? Just like so much shit. <laughs> but I, I I don't know. I think it's interesting enough <laughs> the 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 way he speaks being played for for laughs i think was was pretty funny but mm-hmm. in it did go on for a little bit too long i think but then i do love that he was like oh yeah well, i'm just gonna heal in like this and it's gonna work and then it does and then which just like it's not a big deal and then uh varat Tawn is just like fine he's like oh yeah. hey what happened <laughs> That was great. (laughs) His his explanation of like, how are you a healer? Well, I'm not a healer, but senior assessor. Well, how does that make you heal? Well, if you know what the problem is, you can fix it. I just was like, that's the (laughs) stupidest shit I've ever heard. But also, actually, I really kind of love this. Yeah, Uh, no, it was good. It was good stuff. Yeah, he was. I I want to go to that island that has you know. He was like, <laughs> well, you know, there's now only ten thousand and three hundred, or you know, a thousand three hundred sex. There used to be ten thousand, and then we murdered each other a lot. Uh, just like yeah. so and casually. Also, and the idea of of the one god being like whatever you think it is, yeah, just don't tell yeah, anybody yeah, yeah. else about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like really good, really good. But yeah, and yeah. then fucking. Varaton says Akarium's name and the dude loses his shit. That was upsetting. <laughs> that yeah, what was happened? He like he like bit his mouth and stuff and he yeah, was he like, like bit his lip and just kind of fully it seemed away. like his whole mind broke. Yeah. So yeah, apparently everyone everyone now knows Akarium. It's been six books of us just screaming his name to the world and everyone's yeah. like, Who's that? And then this continent yeah. that's separated from the entire rest of the world, fucking everyone over here knows who he is. Yeah. A little annoying, a little annoying, yeah. but we can do. But we get through that, and then, you know, Vaughn or Tawn is, like, going to go up with Twilight and escape. They're definitely not going to escape. Like, No, they have to. No, they've <laughs> said their plan. You can't say your plan out loud. Something's going to happen. Tarlac Feed's going to help them. Tarlac but where are they going? Them. Where are so, they escaping? Well, so, yeah. so Twilight is not actually stationed in the Imperial City of Lether. He, or Letheris, he is supposed, she, Twilight, is supposed to be at a northern city that we've been to, but I can't remember what it's called. And so she's just going to go back to where she's supposed to be and bring her second in the command, but then she's going to dismiss him and send him back home once they leave the city. And he lives in Blue, Blue Rose, which is where the secret Tisty Andy live. Yeah. I was just about to ask about Blue Rose, too, because I know it's relevant, and I just, I don't remember why we, that place was so important. We, yeah, and now correct me if I'm wrong, Pete, the, the Onyx place isn't in Blue Rose, right? Even though you would, or maybe it used to be the leaders of, maybe they used to be the leaders of Blue Rose. Is that correct? The Onyx order? Mm, I'm looking at a map now. Uh-huh. So yeah, the Blue Rose was is like ruled by the wizards and um Okay, yeah. The High King of Blue, the Blue Rose and also at one point the Black Winged Lord. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Uh well there's that. Don't don't know much more about it. <laughs> I guess we'll find out eventually. Classic. Now we have finally, finally we did it. Yo. Our god has returned. Fenner's here. He looks like an ogre. Our god is an awesome god. I- he yeah. reigns. 
from heaven above with wisdom, power, love, our God is an awesome God. There's a whole dance that goes with that. I learned it at camp. I went to Jesus camp. (laughs) All right, moving on. (laughs) Next. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Their talk is good. Um, we, I mean, we've seen. I haven't really talked about it in my. And I don't think we talked about this episode either. The errant is trying to like look over the holds because you know he was master of the holds and but gave that up. But it seems like he used to be, always be kind of good at it. But now we're learning that because of this huge change in the beast hold, he's really kind of all what he thought he should be looking at is all topsy turvy. So maybe he'll be able to look into it now, but unclear. And uh, definitely someone's going to come for Fenner. I would love to see Fenner and Karsa fight, you know, Boar but versus why? Karsa. Why? why are they mad? What, what is the issue with Fenner? Like, so I don't the, understand. Okay, so, so, ready? Here it is. Fenner is part of the house. He should be the leader of the House of War. Okay. He got house taken from his spot. Right. And it's important that it's the house. I think this is right, Pete. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's leader of the House of War. He gets taken down oh, to he's Earth. the God of War. The God of War. Yes. Kratos. That's a video so, game. Yes. We, we <laughs> he's did Kratos. It. He is Kratos or Ares anyway. So he gets brought down. Treach slash Trake attempts to take it, but it seems like maybe that's not going super well. And it sounds like India where like the errant sort of depends upon like his followers for power or some sort of more ephemeral bullshit. Uh, Fenner is just a boar god. And if you kill him and drink his blood, you're now the god of war. And so everyone that's powerful and that would benefit from being an ascendant is going to come try to kill him. So that is the issue. And so he agrees that, that the yes, yeah, so the errant is going to just try and like distract people from noticing that Fenner's here in exchange for Fenner giving him that info about the uh, beast hold. That's not right, Pete. Cool. <laughs> Damn. We did it. Okay. Thank you, Josh. That's what I'm here for. Bad jokes and uh, exposition. I do love that he was like, can you please just like get people to stop calling my name? Because God, it's oh, so yeah. loud. And the Aaron's like, yeah, sure, fine. <laughs> that, like, it, had, okay. it, had, it had real Bruce Almighty energy to me. Fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I thought of when I heard that. I was like, just like this. Just imagine getting an email notification every millisecond for <laughs> all, all day, every day. Um, similarly to these tiles, we got Feather Witch casting some tiles, and what's that? Kuraquan's ghost is here. India, do you think it's really the ghost of Kuraquan? The ghost of Kuraquan. No. Actually, yes. Actually, yes. When I read it at first, uh, yeah, I thought it was too good to be true, but go ahead. Sorry, I'm interrupting. So, you guys were, you know, shitting on my girl Feather Witch, which, like, I let it slide, but... I feel like we're all just ignoring the fact that she has just been like honing in on her power and just doing all of these new things that she never thought possible. And she like also has a finger. And I don't know. I just feel like, well, it's also kind of hard because Peter has read the books. That's um, why you sure don't share my opinion. Right. But we need your opinion. You know, it colors, (laughs) it colors my thoughts. So, which I guess is why you wouldn't give your opinion. Whatever. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that it is the ghost and I really hope that, which I feel like probably not because then I feel like Peter would have had a different take on Feather Witch instead of like, she's just kind of there and, you know, talks a big ass game. But I'm going to say something that I just thought now, I feel like all of them do. Udinas, Feather Witch, 
they all think they're some hot shit. So yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I agree that she is just another person who thinks they are the smart and correct one. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah. which to be fair, you need in a book series, because if everyone thinks they're an average Joe, they'll never fucking do anything, you know, <laughs> but like it gets old after a while when they're constantly wrong. Well, I think the thing is the series has a lot of people that end building hype, both about themselves and about other people. Yeah. I mean, how often in the series is someone like, oh, my God, is that Anamanda Rake? He is such a huge <laughs> deal. I can't yeah. believe that he's here. He's a huge deal. Let me tell you about how big of a fucking deal. And then characters do that about themselves, too. You know, so I mm, think you definitely have characters do. hyping themselves up. I mean, a lot of the book is just people talking about how cool another character is, you know? Yeah. Would yeah. we consider the Sita a wraith? Yeah, I see the, the Sita uh... ghost. It. I don't feel good about it because... Right. Uh, it feels like, I don't, I don't know, just really convenient that the seat is a ghost and the first time that he's appearing is now to Featherwitch. He's been dead for X amount of time. And I just don't know. It felt it felt too convenient. But like the finger. Convenient in what? You know, like a ghost comes to help her out right when she needs. I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't like it. I don't know if I trust this ghost. I also don't know why they want to like the ghost is like, don't use the finger until, you know, just wait. Why? Well, would the well, that's that even, classic. Would the Sita even want to use Breeze's finger? You What's know, he liked Breeze. What's the point of the finger? What is the point of the finger? Maybe if you use the be... finger, you can learn how to chop up roulette. I would assume you summon Breeze Bedict to fight. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. what I assume with, with that. Yeah. But it probably Josh, only works once. Yeah. Josh, I don't know if it's... Because the only reason the Sita showed up is because Featherwitch, like, noticed him. Right. There. Right. Like, he wasn't, like, purposely uh, like, oh, here I am to come help. It was like, hey, who the fuck is spying on me? Oh, you're right. You're right. Now, yeah. that that's, that's correct. Fair. That feels right. And I guess he could have chosen to not be seen because it seemed like her binding ritual or, or whatever was, like, not strong enough for him. Um, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. think at this point it was just like, no, yeah, you know what? I've been around for X amount of years, like you said. It's like, might as well show myself to someone who, like, fucking knows what the fuck they're doing with the tiles and the holds and shit. And yeah, you're right. You're right. And has the finger. That's true. Can't um, forget the finger. Part of me feels like the the Sita's got his own bullshit going on, and he's gonna just like use oh. Feather Witch to like I don't know destroy Leather or something. It's almost for like sure, he also has sure. his own agenda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know though. I mean, that might be a a, a a not very generous read because I did really love the Sita in Midnight Tides as as a character. Me too. When, why 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 does everyone have to have an agenda? Why can't they all just be chilling? You know? Yeah. Yeah, we do need some followers in the group because, like, <laughs> right, we can't all be leaders. We can't, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't all be leaders. Speaking of not all being leaders, this next part, I don't know. <laughs> What's the next part we got? Well, we can skip Samar and, and Texillion. Oh, yeah. This is like the meat. Yeah, this, this is it. Meat of this, of the chapter. This, it's big. I, this part, it's I mean, huge. I blasted through. I was, Splasted. it was a real page turner in, in like a very literal sense for me. Yeah. So when. Was there any doubt in either of your guys' minds when we had like a different POV as to like what the the uh, result of this raid would be? Like, I really thought something was going to go wrong for the Patriotists because we didn't actually have like Tanol as the POV. Did either of you get that sense or were you like, no, they got him the whole time? I'm never like that. What was your, oh, wait, okay. what are you asking? So like, you know how we, we've said before that Steve has a habit of using a different POV and then killing them very quickly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You know, like the shepherd boy. Did either did either of you like that was gonna happen to this Siren Kanar who just like appeared to take Nissal? Did either of you think like different POV, this person's gonna die? Because to me, I was shocked. I was fully convinced Nissal was gonna get away because it was a different POV character. Got it. Yes, I agree. I thought something was gonna go bad and it would be fine, but yeah, and, and, and almost, almost, we were so close to everything being fine. <laughs> yeah, but. Pete, uh, thoughts on Saren Kanar? Favorite character? Least favorite character? Where's he ranking the Pantheon for you? <laughs> um, I actually have some thoughts about him, but they're hard for me to really get into at this point, so I will opt out of it. Oh, he's a terrible human. His shit that he thinks about his wife is absolutely infuriatingly gross. It's, yeah, bad yeah. all around. We don't need yeah. to really get into it. Uh, but, 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 so we, so we get Nissal taken. Bruth and Trana. Did, did, uh... India, satisfying, worrisome. How did you feel about when Bruthon Tanar just murdered those two bodyguards and beat the and punched the uh, count, the chancellor? Thoughts? Positive. <laughs> Positive thoughts. I mostly for this, I was really invested in um, Nissal living. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair. But uh, that that wasn't the case. Not so. in the cards. Yeah, Pete, you you raised your hand. I don't remember doing that, but I will say. Um, uh- <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I uh, was more attached to Nissal, I think, and I felt, you know, I feel like the death really bummed me out. You me know? too. Oh, yeah. yeah, I fully, this was a, I, I put my book down and just like stared into the, the middle distance for a, a full minute. It was really upsetting. Really upsetting. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's actually a lot of deaths that I really remember in this series, but I guess I'd kind of just kind of forgotten some of this, you know? Well, because I mean, she's in, in, She's not in the fifth book hardly at all. And we've only had, what, two POVs with her in this, this one? Is, this is, what, a fifth of the book? Like, that is how much she yeah. was in? Yeah. It's a bummer. I, but, but yeah. I think what really got me, personally, was we had saved Janath, who I didn't expect to be saved. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I had written her off, and I yeah. fully believed Nissal would be fine, and then she gets killed. And that I think that's what made it hurt worse for me, was I my expectations for those two characters was just completely flipped. I agree. That's a really yeah. good point. I feel like the whole time she's like had not the upper hand per se, but like a steady, she'd had steady ground to stand on uh, Nizal. Uh, and then when she was like, oh, I'm pregnant. Like I was like, oh, she finally has the upper hand. Like this is going to be fine. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. when there was the commotion, I was like, okay, great. Uh, Bruthann's going to like kick through the door and you know, everything's going to be fine. And then it was not that. And God, it was just so bad. It's just so yeah. bad. I wonder how many times Steve's going to be able to pull the like, and then darkness enveloped like, like that's, I feel like we've watched so many characters die that way. And I feel like every single time I'm like, man, bummer. Like, literally, bummer. I mean, at this point we've seen, and in these chapters, we see so much more about the patriotists Mm -hmm. and like Josh, I wonder what you think about their role in their empire, their current scheme to try and isolate and trying to like move against the Eder, isolate Rulad, move against the Eder, and like how this is all playing out. I wonder what you think about them and if they'll be successful. I, you know, it's tough because I feel like they're so terrible that even if their reason for being terrible was like saving their empire, I still think I couldn't be on their side. And so, and I, and I don't think they're doing it the right way at all. Like they're they're using fear to control. I mean, really, when I say to take back their empire, I mean clearly their goal is to get rid of the eater, and then you know the leaders of the patriotists take over as well right. as like the chancellor and stuff. So like I could see it working, 
maybe, but as we've seen, Leth like the way Lethary runs comes to a screeching halt as so as soon as someone decides, okay, the rules aren't working for me anymore. I'm going to just use violence. And now granted, the Patriotists can use that as well, but I feel like we're seeing that like unexpected rash decisions really throw them off. And if they can't respond to that, I think they're screwed. Now I have a I have a question for you, Pete. Yeah. Okay. Now you you're probably gonna say you can answer it. So if you if that's the case, I'll push it to someone else. Do you think Bruthen made the wrong choice in not killing the Chancellor and Karis and Vic Dad? Do you think the do you think like do you think he made the right choice in sparing them rather than just saying I know these two aren't the root of the evil, but they are currently the heads of the evil snakes. I will share my opinion, but I'm interested in what the other hosts mm. think. India, share yours. Oh, first. us oh, first. Okay. Let me go first. No, he definitely should have killed them. I mean, the reason that he didn't kill them was because they wanted to save Missal, right? Like, they were like, we got to go. We got to go save her. And then they fucking failed. So to me, it seems like you fucked up two times. And now we still have the, like, the same two fucking awful people and you left for nothing. And it would have taken yep. five minutes to just be like, bang, bang, you know, slash, slash, stab, stab, stab. And they didn't do that. So, and I mean, I'm not saying that it would like fix everything, but like we could set them back a little bit, you know, but no. At the very least, at the, at the very least, you take out the chancellor and you get to Rulad. But you, I guess that then connection's we wouldn't have a story, you know? Yeah, true. AJ? <sighs> I, I don't know. I think it's complicated. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's kind of like Karos, Karos and Vic Dad's uh, bug puzzle where you've got this this bug with two heads Karis and Vic Dad and the Chancellor and, th and they're just stuck running in a circle forever I don't know where I'm going that was just a parallel I drew that I don't think means anything <laughs> it's <laughs> I don't know I, I think it would have been yes satisfying for, for him to have killed Trib and Noel but like I don't know if that would have done anything I think I think if they wanted to like stop the patriotists, first of all, I think they would have needed to have a plan, which is not how they were coming into this. Like they were coming into this purely reactive, um, mm -hmm. being like, oh shit, we need to like stop this from happening. Like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. Right. Uh, and I think it would have needed to been like a, at least a semi-organized thing is like, okay, we are taking out the patriotists now. Like we're going to go take out all their leaders. And I just think in this moment, they weren't in a position to do that just because everything, like I said, was so in the moment, like we are scrambling to, to, to get this right or to, to figure this out, you know, mm -hmm. but I did, yeah, did absolutely. I want him to? Yes. Yes, I did. I did want, I did want him to kill uh Trib and Noel, but was it the best move? I don't know. If you're a Trib and Noel stand right in, I'd love to hear your opinion so I can uh, never listen to you again because he sucks. <laughs> Pete, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I agree somewhat with the, what AJ said. I mean, of course, you kind of just want him in a plot, like just a satisfying way to murder Trib and Noel, you know, because it's like he's the yeah. slimy guy. But I mean, I think that, Josh, you're getting in this conversation. It's like when you have these large, cruel systems and these cruel organizations is like killing the killing the guy on top is this really going to you know change mm -hmm. that system or change that structure and um you know i think there's a way in which it's like well no there's probably like a more wider approach you need to take to try and enact that change but also like 
those people do need to be held accountable and removed from power, you know? Yeah. So it, it is like a twofold thing. Um, so that is my, uh, that is my nothing of an answer, but I liked it. I think it was good. Yeah. And, uh, finally last two things we got, we see Janeth kind of ta- hanging out with Tejo and bug, which is an absolutely yeah. legendary scene. Good it's scene. one of the very first times we've seen Tejo cowed by somebody. <laughs> and of course it's his former tutor. So good. Any any thoughts on that scene, or do you want to move? We want to move on. No, let's keep going. Great. And then the last scene, I didn't understand at all. The the Liberty consign is like, we've got plans. It's all good. I'm hiring people other than the Patriotists to sort of do some black market shit. It it, it was a bunch of nothing speak to me. You know, yeah. like we'll find out later. I still. What do you, India? Ruth, Ruth. What's his name? Fuck. Ruth Ralph Hippenar. Sure. What do you think about him? Do you think he's as competent as he's uh as he acts to be, or no. do you think he's Okay. No, I don't. Um, again, another person who just talks a big ass game um, and is like, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, and everyone's just like, okay, there's, there's absolutely no way. So I don't know. Yeah. What do you guys think? I get that. No, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think he's as, cause I don't think he's as competent at all as he claims to be. So what do you think about this? Uh, he can't seem to get his hands clean uh, metaphor or whatever. Cause I don't oh, really get it. I didn't either. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of went right over my head. Yeah, because we've never met, like, this is the first we've been introduced to Rautos Hivnar, right? Like, not in the book, but just, like, this book is the first time we meet this yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. he's not yeah, yeah. in Midnight Tides or anything, so. But he is always washing his hands. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just felt weird. Maybe, like, as a noble, you're responsible for the, uh, no, that's not right either. I, I really, I, I don't know what the, the point of the hand washing, like, is. I don't know. Nope. One day, we'll figure it out. One day. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. That was chapters 7, 8, and 9. Big one. A lot of stuff in there, some big boys. We hope you enjoyed, I guess. <laughs> I don't really, I don't, I don't super, I mean, I did my job, so now it's your job to like what we did. So <laughs> that's that. We will be back in two weeks with chapters not, nope, 10, 11, and 12, the second half of book 12, book two. Is that right? I do, I do want to jump in. I'll say oh. in the after credits just to. I do want to jump in. Maybe you got a prediction from everybody. Oh, I like that. My prediction is that, and it goes completely against what I said earlier, but I've just had this pop in my head. My prediction is that when it comes to the Rulad Akarium Karsa debacle, Rulad is going to say, Oh, I will only fight the strongest champion. That's Rulad's voice now. Uh, and he will demand they all fight each other, which will lead to an Akarium Karsa fight before they have a chance to fight Rulad. And I feel like that will be what sort of tears a hole in the earth is those mm. two unstoppable forces colliding. That's my that's my uh, prediction. That was a really great take. Thank you. If I'm right, then uh, I'll be pretty hype. I don't think I will, though. <laughs> India, what do you think? I want AJ to go first. Okay. I feel like for the rest of this book, the book two, uh, we're just going to get a whole bunch more going around the city doing stuff that's going to come to a head with like... I truly, I truly just have no idea. What do you mean? Like you have no idea where the book's going? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's all leading up to this, this, this Rulad thing. But like, I don't know. Part of me feels like that's too easy. <laughs> like, yeah, it's I too, get that. that's that's too obvious. You know, we're only four hundred pages in. It could go anywhere. <laughs> well, and also yeah. there's like the bigger picture of like the Lethery Eater fight again, right? Which is right. like, what if mm. Ikarium's on one side? Cars is on the other 
and there isn't like we don't get to the fight like we in fact just go to war mm. I, uh, am i crazy yeah i don't know i don't think carsa would ever side with a civilization at all like i don't think he's going to side mm. with either of them uh i think he would rather both just see both of them wiped from the planet you know oh, that makes sense he could be a third uh, party he could be a third party that's true yeah i i, I don't know also, red mask. Like, there's just so many things going there's on. Red mask. And then there's the Unrak like and Troll stuff war. too. The Unrak Troll yeah. Quick Ben storyline. I hope we get more I, of that in this book. I, wanna, I, I wanna... totally, I totally think they're gonna get to the edge of this lake at the end of the book, and they're gonna be like, "It's time to go." End of book seven. <laughs> I think Kars is really gonna fuck with the all. Mm. I don't know. Oh, that'd be interesting. I would uh, love would, for them would, to get together agree. in some way. He, Red Mask and Carsa would 100% be buddies. Until I, one I agree. Of them said, until one of them, like, claims to be the stronger, and then they're both like, well, now we got to have a dick measuring contest. Let's go. Like, <laughs> do you think fucking kill each other. Do you think the all are going to show up in Red Mask and gonna be like, all right, let's take let's take these fuckers down, and he's going to show up, and the Eater and the Lethary just going to be in, like, a pseudo-civil war, and they're going to be fighting each other, and then Ooh. Red Mask will just be like, uh... Okay. <laughs> you guys handle this. An interesting idea. Yeah, you you guys handle this. I'll take the scraps and we'll like finish it up later, but we'll be yeah. back. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. That's the thing. I just, I can't I just can't believe like fuck these books because we are what what a 380 pages in and I have no idea what is going to happen. Like And like the books really just starting to kind of right, chug into motion. <laughs> right. right, right, right. I feel like so much happened in these chapters and we are still barely going. <laughs> Well, yeah, because yep. there's so many different stories right now, too. We're still, like, yeah. building on new... We're, we just got a new storyline, like, <laughs> yeah. in these We chapters. just had a new quest start. It's like, okay, well, now we got new characters going on a boat on a lake forever, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So there, it's really hard to predict anything, especially when you, like... I feel like there was one book when we had all these predictions, and then by the end of the book, the fight didn't even happen. I think it was before Memories of Ice. It was, uh, no, it was the end of uh, book four. Yeah, House of Chains. Where House they were James. leading up to Shaikh and the and the oh, Empire yeah. like do this battle and yeah. Like, yeah. And that was the whole book. And then it yeah. didn't even happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not to mention yeah. this old crippled god story. It's just fucking there's just too much. There's a lot. There's so much. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Anyway, so. we should wrap up because this for is that a reason, big, big I'm out. boy. <laughs> this is a big episode. All right. Thank you. For, thank you for listening. Hope you had fun. Uh we did. We'll see you in a couple weeks with chapters. Insert AJ's voice here. And uh, you can find us at the places that AJ will tell you you can find us. <laughs> Thank see you. Wait, 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 wait. Josh, you have yes. to do the compassion. When I say come, you say passion. Come. Passion. Hello, everybody. Producer AJ here recording this while on a Skype call. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And thank you so much also for the positive feedback on the new hosting structure uh, from the last episode. It really means a lot. Um, we hope that you like this one. If you'd like to give us your thoughts or feelings about the new structure or about the episode or about any of our episodes, you can always email us 10verybigbooks at gmail.com. Tweet us at 10verybigbooks. Or you can head on over to our Discord, bit.ly slash Discord. That's capital V, capital B, capital B, capital D. Discord. That link will also be in the show notes. Thank you to all of your wonderful patrons over on Patreon. If you'd like to financially support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash 10 very big books. Links 
are also in the show notes. And as always, thank you so much to Dan Gezerk for making our spectacular cover art. You can follow him on Twitter at A underscore W underscore Dan G for some info on teams that are saving Philly sports. And of course, the wonderful music in today's episode, including the remixed intro and outro track is by the one, the only Amaranthin from their album Simulant Rain, which you can find along with their other music, including a single of the remix show theme on bandcamp.com. Links to their pages will be in the show notes and 10 very big books will be back in two weeks on November 12th, where we'll be discussing Reaper's Gale chapters 10, 11, and 12, hosted by me. Talk to you then, and thank you so much for listening. <laughs>